it's uh, Jimmy G's fault they turned the ball over that many times, huh? Yeah, 100%. He was just, he gets, Borders kept getting distracted. He looked over to the sidelines and he just gets awed by the beauty of the man. <laughs> Reactions to all things NFL. This week we'll be looking at the playoffs because uh, they're pretty much upon us and some news from around the league. Some games from last week, a couple of questions from you, the listener, and on to the picks for week 17. So, hey, we got Connor here, we've got Harry, hey, how are and you? we've got Ronan. Hello. What's the crack, lads? Any fun? No, I've been in work for the whole of Christmas, so no fun whatsoever. <laughs> and then work sent me a thing being like, you need to change your password, so I just changed it to the entire Communist Manifesto. Anyone wants to go and do some corporate espionage? <laughs> Hope you brought a flash drive. How <laughs> about yourself, Fitz? You're still off in the sticks in Cavan, aren't you? Yeah, still here for maybe another couple of days. Uh, so, yeah, just been catching up on TV mostly and hanging out with the family. And by hanging out with the family, I mean being in the same room as the family while catching up on television. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid. Yeah, I was up in Donegal for a few days myself, had the crack. And now back down to work for a few days and then I'm off to Kerry for the New Year's to hang out with the uh, fiancés folks down that direction. So uh, I suppose as we'll crack on into it, we had a couple of kind of well, solidifications of what we were talking about last week when we look at the playoffs and uh, and what we know. So we know that Jacksonville have locked up the AFC South, Kansas City have locked up the AFC West, and we're looking at a hunt of kind of three or four teams trying to pitch for that wildcard slot. So uh, basically just a clarification or finalization of what we were talking about last week we've um yeah i think for the afc it's what baltimore tennessee buffalo tennessee are the one i'm missing yeah tennessee sorry everyone forgets easy to forget about them they are no one no one wants them in this in this playoff like yeah it's not exactly like i i like the ravens a little bit i've talked about it on the podcast before i quite like their defense i think they have the ability to, to show up on a given day i'm not wild excited by the looks of any of the other teams in the hunt for this afc wildcard spot are you no i'm terrified of the ravens because playoff joe flacco is a dangerous beast and yes uh, he is they always seem to show up against us but beyond that it's like eh like tennessee have looked i mean we'll discuss them a bit later today but tennessee have looked poor for a very long time the chargers have shown signs of life but they're still the chargers they still when it counted they choked and yeah. like buff, Buffalo man, yeah, like no, no issue. Uh, I do, I do think it's interesting that the um, there is, there is. So while it's all to play for, I think Baltimore are winning in. The Chargers are in if the Titans lose. It's interesting actually because I think Fitz, you mentioned this a week or two ago that there is the potential that Jacksonville could lose this game intentionally to Tennessee so that they would have to play Tennessee in the first round. Isn't that correct? Yeah, so that's still on the table. But, of course, the coaches come out and said that they're going to play their starters. They're going to give their best foot forward and all that. And I think, you know, from that perspective, it kind of makes sense. There's never any harm, really, in humiliating a a division opponent. And uh, I think, considering the loss that they had last week against the uh, 49ers, I think they'll be looking to try to get back next year. They go into the playoffs on the right foot. I think it's more just about like, oh, that was just a blimp against Jimmy Garoppolo. We're definitely still good. Trust in us. We're going to win against Tennessee and show you what a real team, playoff team, looks like in the AFC. Yeah, of course. That's what I imagine will go anyway. Uh, the only other things up in the hunt in the AFC is that uh, the battle for the number one seed and therefore home field advantage throughout is 
in theory, up for grabs, although these are not two games that I would expect either of these teams to lose. Uh, if New England were to lose and Pittsburgh were to win, you would see Pittsburgh being able to take control of the number one seed and home field advantage. I'd imagine that this means we're going to see both New England and Pittsburgh starters out there, but by the time it gets to maybe halftime, we'll start seeing them pulled as uh, as the coaches start looking at uh, score watching and realising that it's a grim inevitability that uh, neither of these teams are going to lose this week. Uh, so I'd say we're pretty pretty set on the AFC side as to what our what our lineup is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over to the NFC now. We've got um, the NFC South is still up for grabs between New Orleans and Carolina. New Orleans play Tampa Bay and Carolina play Atlanta. If New Orleans win, they are winning in and they win. Carolina need a win and a New Orleans loss to to be able to, uh, to to take the division. So they're likely going to be the number five seed. Uh, there's a wild card hunt between Atlanta and Seattle. This is an interesting one for you, Fitz. Do you think your guys have much of a chance? Well, Atlanta, they're playing Carolina at home. Carolina are in a good vein of form, and obviously still the division will still be live because the games have been deliberately put side by side in the uh, schedule. Now, of course, if um, if New Orleans are running away with it at half time, perhaps Carolina will pull their starters in the second half. But I think Carolina, once again, it's a division rival. It's one of those situations you want to go into the playoffs on the right foot, especially since you're likely to be going in at number five and you're going to be going away from home a lot. And I think, you know, Carolina, they'll play tough. But, of course, we know that they're not the perfect team by any stretch. So it should be a good game between Atlanta and Carolina. And if Atlanta lose, I would expect that the Seahawks should be able to do enough against Arizona at home. You know, they're pulling out Drew Stanton and whoever's left from that Arizona team, even though even though they've actually done surprisingly well this year despite all the injuries. I still think Seattle can probably get it done, albeit in the fourth quarter, because they don't do anything in the first half. Thank you, Seattle. <laughs> so we've obviously got the um, the the first seed is locked up in this. Uh, there is potential for a bit of movement with Minnesota, but they're playing Chicago, so we're not really expecting too much there. Even though Chicago did get a, a, a hearty looking win last week, that's really kind of most of of that in the NFC side. The only other news on that is that Cleveland have now locked up the number one pick overall and that has had a little bit of a ripple effect with uh, Josh Rosen coming out and mentioning that he's not exactly wild happy about this development. Yeah, and then uh, the Browns fire back saying, oh, we never wanted you in the first place. It's great, great stuff. I mean, I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to go to Cleveland, the state they're in, not because they're a bad team, because they're a dysfunctional organisation at the moment. Yeah, like, like I don't know, would you, why would you want to go to a team where, you know, they just got, I suppose, the only way is up from, from 0-16. Like, like, yeah, I, mean, I mean, the argument is that Cleveland are a team that are a quarterback away from competing, but they've also, like, they haven't had a good quarterback in a long time, and it's hard to tell how much that is bad drafting, how much that is just organisationally ruining everything they get their hands on. But bear I don't mind, know if they want to take that risk. It could be what they're saying is that they're a quarterback away from being a team, as in just a team, well, yeah, fully I mean, functional. I said, like, com- I said competing. I didn't say competing for what. Oh yeah, so <laughs> I just meant to be functional, to be definitionally a team. But yeah, so that's kind of where we're sitting on those permutations. So there's a couple of games, and we'll talk about them coming up that are that are relevant and where we think they're going to fall. We're actually. Uh, we're interestingly close on a, a lot of these games this week, as you'll see later on. Uh, moving on to other news around the league. Uh, injuries have happened. New Orleans safety Kenny Vaccaro has injured his thigh and he's out for the season. It'll be a blow to them going into the playoffs. Uh, LA Rams had their kicker, Greg the Legs, injure his back. And I think something to do with the back of his leg as well. So he's now gone for the season. And uh, their replacements have not been uh, very good so far. I believe they... They tested out about 15 or 16 different kickers. Came to the decision that Sam Ficken 
was the answer and it turns out that the only question he was the answer to is who's a really shitty kicker <laughs> LA Chargers their tight end Hunter Henry has injured his uh, well oh god I hate this on lacerated kidney it just sounds horrible done for the season but we saw them get production out of that old reliable last week so they do have a tight end still even if he can't move all that quickly I don't get this he's got two kidneys does he need both of them yeah that's true. like this is the kind of thing like people say oh take my ACL you can literally donate kidneys if you're a real fan yeah exactly right? if you're a Chargers fan give Hunter Henry your kidney yeah uh, like give him a couple yeah, like spares a couple of spares uh, they're also good fun for practicing hacky sack the problem Chargers don't have any fans ah that's it that's it they have no fans and uh, Pittsburgh is running back. James Conner has done his knee and he's gone for the season. A uh, nice feel-good story of a backup who never really saw much of the field because uh, Bell was one of the best running backs of all time. Who also, I saw recently, I think he is... Of all time? Or Sorry, not of all time, of the season. <laughs> of the season. But, uh, sorry, what, I, what, I, what, what was popping into my head there was that uh, I heard he has... Uh, I think he's now... Is he number three on the receptions list this year? Uh, as in he's ahead of a load of like number one receivers in terms of how many receptions he's had, uh, which kind of strengthens his argument for the for the wanting to be paid more like a wide receiver than like a like a running back. Uh, so which of these do we reckon are going to have the biggest impact? Obviously, I think New Orleans because they're kind of a, a quite a strong contender going in. That's a that's a big loss for their secondary. Yeah, I think so. Vicaro is somebody who struggled um, in the recent seasons. I mean, to the point where I think Ronan declared him as the most likely the worst defensive back, but he's sort mm-hmm. of reinvent himself a bit this year and is playing a bit more to his strengths seeing more of him as a, as a box safety and it seems to be working so that is going to be an interesting one to see how that impacts particularly in the run defence in, in New Orleans mm-hmm. they have enough talent in that backfield well no they have March on Lattimore and he seems to do everything <laughs> but I think where this is going to be interesting is in that run defence as a guy who tends to play in the nickel formations who tends to come up towards the box and looks to stuff the run how well that side of it's going to hold up so that's something to look out for particularly when they're going up against run-heavy teams, like I think Carolina might be actually uh, might be like if they end up playing Carolina, that might be a pretty significant test of how that's going to go. Yeah, they 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 have a team seem to be kind of dedicating a lot more to the run game at this point. Um, obviously, Greg the Leg is a good reliable for for the Rams, and not having him there just means they're going to have to score more touchdowns, just like they do against the Seahawks, right, Ronan? Yeah, it should make their game. <laughs> It'll make their game more fun because they'll be a bit more forced to kind of play not play the percentages. But it, it you know in the close games you expect in the playoffs, not having a reliable kicker as we've seen in the past many times can be the difference between getting through and not getting through. I think he was having basically uh, one of his best seasons ever this season, and to lose him at this point is just you know a real kick in the nuts to be honest. Yeah. So Legatron, uh, we salute you, and we'll see you next season. Um, oh, the crime and punishment it's your boys again Seattle can find $100,000 for Russell Wilson's concussion protocol failure in the Arizona game back in week 10 and they've also been informed that they have to have remedial training from all their staff on how to deal with concussions I was probably expecting a stronger stance from the league given that there's been a lot of these kind of not quite kind of breaking rules but like pushing protocols and pushing kind of trainings and things like that with, with Seattle over the last couple of years what, what's your thoughts on that Ronan? Yeah so the trick is to break different protocols because <laughs> they stack separately <laughs> you can expect that if they have a failure of this type going forward and obviously there's a review in concussion protocol uh, procedures so we're likely to see that tightened up next season that if this happens again you potentially draft it but it kind of happened with yeah, overly rough practice session type of stuff. Like, you know, if, if whenever franchise quarterback goes down in the middle of a game, it's important 
you see the rules being pushed, but it's good to see the NFL is taking some action now, and we'll see if this escalates through rule reviews uh, over the next season or so. Yeah, of course. I think this was actually the maximum punishment the league could levy for the first offence. Okay. So I think by their own rules, this was as harsh as they can be, which is a bit like it's not very much. You think yeah. there'd be more. What is interesting is Ronan mentioned that the new sort of changes they're making. We actually saw some of them uh, last week in the games. Basically, that if a player is seen to have a seizure or if he is slow getting up, they can they now have to bring him off. And there's like an independent mm-hmm. guy in the booth who's meant to spot them. And there's a guy down on the field that he communicates with who goes out. And we saw. Um, basically both Texans quarterbacks uh, get removed from the game despite not wanting to go out and despite um, ultimately both of them passing the protocol to be evaluated. So that's a step in the right direction. We'll see if the NFL are willing to do it in games that matter mm-hmm. next year. But that, that certainly is a sign that they might yeah. be willing to take it a little more seriously now, after, particularly after the Tom Savage stuff. And Yeah. yeah. The, only, the only issue, and we'll probably talk about this in the offseason, that can come from that is similar to when... Um, I think they have similar rules in... Uh, in hockey for uh, for potential injuries to people and the, the issue that occurred there previously with people faking their baseline assessments so that they wouldn't be able to be... Because it was an automatic review type thing, they would fake baseline assessments so that they wouldn't be pulled from games by automatic assessment whenever they were hit. So it's things like that that you then need to be more proactive about avoiding if this becomes just a run-of-the-mill test after a large hit type thing. So you, you should draft stupid quarterbacks so they can't tell when they're concussed. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure that's worked out Blake too well for the Bucks. value going through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Perfect. Get back in the yeah. game. That seems normal <laughs> enough. Yeah. The controversy going this week uh, was quite interesting. So Green Bay, uh, as we mentioned last week, because Aaron Rodgers... Well, he was brought back for the game. They were eliminated from contention, so they decided to put him back onto IR. They put him onto, I believe, long-term IR rather than short-term IR, which is meant to be only used uh, when the person is medically unable to compete because it frees up a roster space and things like that. It appears that they are not meant to do that, that they should have put him on short-term IR. The reason they did not wish to put him on short-term IR is because that means that once he is cured of his injury, he must be released and would have to clear waivers. So, technically... Aaron Rodgers should be clearing waivers right now and going straight to the uh, to the Cleveland Browns. Now, I think we do have a question coming in about this later <laughs> on. But this means that Green Bay will likely face some kind of repercussions for this. I believe New York were involved in something similar to this uh, previously and possibly the Patriots as well. Probably. And that they were uh, docked a third-round draft pick for it. So are we expecting something similar coming down the road for Green Bay in this? Because this is clearly them skirting the rules. I'd imagine so, but I think the NFL should fucking just do it. Make them release Rogers, see what happens, <laughs> let chaos reign, <laughs> fuck it. It would be pretty incredible. Be amazing. Uh, could you imagine like, cause, like the Browns get that and then they'd have all those picks as well? Yeah. Like it would be it would be madness. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm sure we'll have some follow up on this whenever it comes around. This is something that they're gonna want to brush under the under the rug, but it, it's not gonna stand. Another one that came up is um, a story came out this week about Odell Beckham Jr. and a connection to a high stakes gambler. Uh, and there's a story during the rounds that Odell Beckham was looking to place a $20,000 wager on a baseball game. Now, there are regulations within the, the players' agreement uh, with the NFL that they are not allowed to gamble on sports, book, or on a wide variety of sports, including college and professional baseball. I believe the, the idea behind this is to mean that if they don't, so they don't get indebted to loan sharks so that they could be pressured to shave points or kind of impact the 
the games themselves. Now, obviously, we're moving closer and closer towards a scenario where the NFL will probably have gambling allowed and if they're going to have a team in Las Vegas, they're currently being supported heavily by these these one-day fantasy leagues and stuff that are essentially gambling, regardless of how you want to try and classify it. Whether this is true or not, this is a story that I think they're going to try and brush under 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 the rug entirely. They don't want to deal with this at the moment, do they? Like, this is the kind of scandal that, while it doesn't seem like a huge amount... At the moment, they don't want to have anything else that might tarnish the view of the game in the in in the eyes of Middle America. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Like gambling and America have a weird relationship right now. Obviously, they have the gambling capital of the world in Las Vegas. Yet, you know, most of the country says that gambling is an immoral thing. So immoral, it should be illegal. And it's important to note that you know, with the one day fantasy stuff, which obviously went down in importance significantly, that only happened because certain states who were very important, such as New York, decided to make that type of, uh, that those type of fantasy leagues illegal, basically, or not legal, maybe I'll make them illegal because they were a form of gambling. So I think the NFL, there's already a sense of most of the ownership that if they could get away with it, they probably already would be, but as long as the states continue to have this hardline stance against it, you know these kind of things will get brushed under the under the under the carpet, and the NFL will continue to kind of tread the line and say, "Oh, we're not really for gambling; we're just for going to Las Vegas." And you know, if we could, they, like NFL is desperate to get that money because if they could get gambling, the money that would come to the NFL, what, like oh, yeah. we saw with that one-day fantasy stuff, would just be ridiculous. Yeah, they don't they don't condone gambling; they merely facilitate. <laughs> well, I mean, we saw the it was a, I can't think was it was this off season or the previous off season when the Raiders all got in trouble. For gambling on arm wrestling, <laughs> I didn't hear this one. No, no. <laughs> yeah, they, they went to some thing and um, they all ended up getting fined. Apparently, there was some like arm wrestling tournament. and They were all taking bets on it. Awesome. And the NFL decided that that was uh, <laughs> sufficiently immoral. Uh, so I don't know. Fair enough. Ah, it's, it's a bit mad. Like I'm sure it'll all clear itself up in the next couple of years. But it's just that thing of like. Because I could understand it if it was that he was betting on the NFL or betting yeah. on himself. Like I believe, I believe a major league baseball player and then coach got in trouble for this as well. But like in that scenario, I don't see what the problem was because all he did was he bet on his own team to win. Like it's a different thing if he's going like yeah. I'm going to pull the back. But it's like no, I think that guys have got it. Like you know, he, he can't fix it that they win. <laughs> the only other thing this week in the controversy corner is once again uh, we have the catch rule coming up. Uh, the big one this week. Uh, there's a couple of them, but the big one that sticks out is uh, Kelvin Benjamin's catch against the New England Patriots. So tell us a bit about this. Uh, well, Kelvin Benjamin didn't catch a football. Oh, I think uh, he did. Yeah, well, <laughs> so this isn't. I don't know if this is so much about the catch rule as it is about replay. In that, Kelvin Benjamin appeared to catch a touchdown pass while maybe just about having one of his feet touching the ground. But then it was like, did he have control before his foot came up, or did he not have control before his foot came up? Basically, was, was what it came down to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's the element of the catch rule that's been confusing people recently. I think people are generally aware that control on two feet is a thing. It went to this incredibly drawn-out replay with these, like, microsecond, multiple-angle analyses in super slow motion of -hmm. what was going on. And while it's good that things are correct, this was, even as a Patriots fan who was happy with the call, this was a bit much. And... It's one of those things where the guys, you know, in in New York or wherever they send that um, off to be analysed. When you're getting into that level of depth and that level of hold up, it's not interesting. It's it's not fun. It's 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 terrible for the viewer. Yeah, if you can't tell, you can't. I was was surprised they overturned it because I thought it was like, well, it looks like maybe he didn't. I'm I'm like sixty percent sure he he didn't have control when his feet were down. 
but you're not meant to overturn the call in that situation. Yeah, that's it. That's the thing. That was it's, the weird thing. It's weird because it seems to be that we've come full circle because the reason that we have these regulations is because people were sick and tired of referees making gut calls at a point and we wanted to be able to create a little bit more of a like system surrounding it to, to, to ensure more fairness. Whereas now it's it's becoming such minute detail. It's kind of losing the point of what the rule was meant to be. Because I think similar thing happened in the Chiefs game this week as well of a very clear touchdown was overturned. And even now people aren't sure why it was. It seems to be this thing of they're now... That was a bad call. Yeah, but like they're going to they're going to the to the tapes and they're overthinking what they're doing. Like if it's that there's an extent to which a catch is a catch, and I know we don't want these guys just making a call on the on on the field from their gut, but like some of these things don't need 26 angles to be able to go. This is more than likely a touchdown. Yeah, like the only people helped by this situation are people who like posting cheap Patriots memes or like <laughs> referees and Patriots are in it together. Oh my God, ref bias, NFL at pants, etc. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Uh, in, in, <laughs> in, in other Cheatriots news, uh, <laughs> linebacker James Harrison has signed with New England for $52,000. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh, who were apparently saving the veteran linebacker for uh, the postseason, uh, did not inform anyone that they were saving him for New England for the postseason, uh, released him last week, and he immediately went and signed with Bill Belichick in a signing ceremony where they both stood there in sleeveless hoodies and stared each other down in silence for 45 minutes and then shook heads, shook hands, and left. <laughs> I imagine that's pretty much exactly how it went down. <laughs> um, like, what's the harm? Our yeah. linebacking course sucks. Can't make it worse. So Pittsburgh... You know, they brought in TJ Watt in the draft, and I think that reflects more on why this, this move ended up happening. James Harrison hasn't really had that many snaps all season. I think TJ Watt, he could do a lot more. He's good at coverage. He's good at rushing. Uh, I think overall, it just means they don't need James Harrison anymore, because James Harrison really right now, in pass rushing end, that's basically all he does. And that's really valuable if you're low on talent, like New England is, but for Pittsburgh, obviously they love linebackers. I think they, they, they've kind of did this probably for his own good as much as anything else but the fact that he signed with New England is probably still a bit of a kick in the teeth for the organisation since uh, he's not been afraid to hurt playoff teams in the past yeah can you imagine uh, poor Eric Fisher just like oh, yes he's gone he's finally gone and then like 10 minutes later yeah it's oh, just gonna no. I, was, I, was, I was watching some tape as well as to why he's so good against the likes of Eric Fisher because he's so because he's quite short and he's so strong that he just gets in underneath basically any any lineman who is like 6'4 and above is going to have problems with this which is why I think we saw the only snaps he played this year were against the Chiefs and against the Ravens because he matched up well against their tackles so I can imagine he's going to probably do some damage in the uh, in the postseason I think we've got some questions in about James as well uh, the only bit of news I think is that Jamal Charles has come out and uh, said that he wants uh, the Denver Broncos to release him so he can go and uh, be the back for a contender which I think as much as I love Jamal Charles is quite wishful thinking uh, but it has led to a stream of excellent internet memes about how people are now attributing very interesting statements to Jamal Charles because no one because <laughs> no one is bothering to actually read the articles. So uh, so they're just throwing in like, he, oh, he's, he's just not fitting well with coaches because he keeps shouting on about uh, cryptocurrencies and stuff like this here. And uh, it's getting picked up by secondary news sources as being things that he's actually saying. So, so the best one was like, he keeps being he's addicted to Madden and he keeps telling John Elway that he could do a better job with the franchise. Yeah, he could do a better job with the like, oh, 
oh, I think uh, pity the trade window's closed. I think I'll be worth at least three firsts, you know, <laughs> given from what I know from franchise mode. But yeah, other other bits of news from around the league. Pro Bowl <laughs> rosters were announced. Now, we will have our dedicated Pro Bowl season of episodes. A good seven or eight to cover all the elements and then maybe a separate one for the skills contest. But uh, there were a number of notable uh, names and snubs on it. Uh, we will, as I think, go into it in more detail. Is there anyone off the top you guys want to shout out? I think I feel slightly agree that Alex Smith didn't make it in and Philip Rivers is in there, given that Alex Smith has much better stats on pretty much every single area than Rivers does. Uh, Adam Thielen. Yeah. He's Adam a big... Thielen should be in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also think it's funny that uh, Matthew... It's almost like Pan no idea what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the funny thing. So Matthew Slater made the Pro Bowl despite not being included in the fan vote because he only played like seven games this year because he's been mm-hmm. injured. But every single coach and player voted for him. Oh, wow. Excellent. <laughs> Which is amazing. I like it. We also have no Sunday Night Football this week as basically I think it was a, an issue of they needed to have anything that was in any way vaguely connected to a result be played at the same time. And everything else was hot garbage. So there's no Sunday Night Football. Also, they were clashing with New Year's <coughs> Eve, which might have been yeah, yeah, to an extent. But it was not clashing with New Year's Eve in the states. It just takes them the run up, doesn't it? Yeah, but you think people less people would be people would be less inclined to be in sports bars and kind of mm. Buffalo Wild Wings than they That's might be otherwise. That's true. Uh, you 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 vastly overestimate how fun the lives of a lot of Americans are. I'd say many of them will be in Applebee's at that point in the night. And, uh, no, that's like two, crying in into, the their, into their uh, four starters for four dollars. <laughs> um, and the only final piece of news is that Landon Collins has been on uh, New York radio calling out Eli Apple as being a locker room cancer. Now, Eli Apple, I believe, called him out a couple of weeks ago. And uh, But from what we gather, this seems to have been something that's been bubbling over for the last couple of uh, weeks and months in their locker room. And with that, we'll move on to our reviews of games from last week. First up in the Ring of Honor, we have the Rams taking on the Tennessee Titans. I never thought we'd have to talk about the Tennessee Titans in the Ring of Honor. Fuck this. Todd Gurley looks incredible. He was a monster in this game. And he is really, really making a case to try and make himself the MVP, correct? Fuck Todd Gurley. (laughs) Fuck Todd Gurley. I I don't like talking about fantasy on the podcast because nobody cares about your fantasy team. But I was in two finals, and uh, in both finals, my opponent, one of which was Connor, had Todd Gurley, <laughs> and like that was it. Single-handedly winning fuck that Fuck Todd Gurley. Fuck Todd Gurley. Yeah. And he doesn't even give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck about your fantasy team. Yeah, well, <laughs> he shouldn't. I, I'd be called really, out all the... Really of concerned if he like, Great, I won you a fantasy. Now fuck off and get out of my like, retweets, please. <laughs> I mean, that, that is fair. Like I agree with him on that. It's fucking stupid. But. Yeah. I have heard that it was nice uh, because he did such a good job and won so many people fantasy leagues that uh, there's been a huge uptick in donations to his cleats for a cause uh, charity but loads of people are donating some of their winnings from their uh, from their leagues to him which is uh, which is quite nice but look G- Gurney took over this game he was huge I think we're seeing like, we've seen we've seen games where we where, where it's been a little bit evident earlier but games like this you really see it how reliant Jared Goff and that offence is on Todd Gurley and how that team goes as Todd Gurley goes yeah uh, like if I was talking MVP I would probably still have Tom Brady but that's only because but like people don't want to talk with Tom Brady because Tom Brady is boring and has been great forever. Yeah. Uh, but Todd Gurley certainly over the last month has like gone from having a really good season, which he was already having, to having an absolutely ridiculous season. His performance here, his performance against the Seahawks, was absolutely amazing. I mean, just doing it on the ground as a classic running back, he's doing it through the air. His reception, measure, and screenplays have just been ridiculous. Running the whole way down the field. 
the kind of place to catch the eye. Just the moment where people might be wavering because of the lack of choices, because of all these contenders dropping out due to bad performances or injury. Yeah, I think Todd Gurley, he is the engine of this LA Rams team. I've always said that all year. I don't really, I still don't trust uh, Jared Goff. Todd Gurley is what makes his team stick. And it'll be interesting to see if teams can, like the good teams in the playoffs, can focus in and stop him. Uh, but right now, it looks tougher because Sean McVay is finding new ways every week to get the best out of Todd Gurley and he's really shown the type of player we expected him to be after that first year yeah, yeah. I mean Gur- Gurley's season for he's over 2,000 yards from scrimmage I think it's the top in the league so do you remember David Johnson last season and all of the massive hype around surrounding him if Gurley gets I think 25 25 26 to pass and 26 yards next week he'll have more than Johnson got last season yeah. like that's those are crazy numbers those it's are incredible. crazy fucking numbers it's 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 just nuts. Uh, Do you remember when Demarco Murray had two thousand two hundred yards of scrimmage? Yeah, fuck me, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, that's gas. That's weird. Some year, um, <laughs> like as, as I said, we can kind of see that this 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 Rams team is going to go quite a lot on, on his back. But you mentioned their fits, like there there's excellent scheme usage of of these weapons within that team. Tennessee are a team that might make the playoffs, but look incredibly flat and boring. They looked a little bit better in this game, but when you look at how open receivers were getting for for the Rams and how how easy it looked on offense for them, there wasn't a moment where Tennessee looked at ease on offense. They had to throw contested balls. They weren't having people wide open. They weren't scheming their pieces correctly at all. Like This is a Tennessee team that I think, whether it makes the playoffs or not, is going to have to change its head coach after this season. Yeah, you you think so. I mean, like, they're stodgy. And in this game, yeah, they looked a bit tougher. But a lot of that was, uh, like, the Rams were just, you know, it seemed to be in a bit of a weird spot. Mm. Like, it's very hard to, you can credit them for fight, but it's like, I can't come out of this game being like, wow, Tennessee did that and it looked great. They put together, you know, a really convincing drive. They did, it was all just a bit kind of, meh. And, like, we did see a little bit more from, from Mariota this week, but the running game, which is supposedly what their team is based on, has looked really bad again this week mm-hmm. again with like players struggling to get even like to approach three yards a carry that's the second or third week in a row we've seen that now and like if you hang your hat as a coach on this smash mouth football on this running threat on our having these two running and then neither of them can get going despite both of them having ample opportunities to do so you have to you have to question if this team is being held back by Mike Malarkey yeah like I I I think I think it was an interesting setup initially. I think it's been figured out quite a lot. I think they don't have the personnel that 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 were providing that that level of push for their exotic Smash Mouth two seasons ago or whatever. But like, I I just don't know. Like this te- this Rams team looks like a team that could go the whole way if everything clicks, and this Tennessee team looks like a team that shouldn't be in the playoffs to me. Yeah, like I think this game everything more or less clicked for Tennessee compared to what they've been doing for, say, the last month and a half, really, of the season. And it just still looked like they need... They look like those kind of really boring teams that can sneak into the playoffs, like Kansas City in, in certain years, and in, in recent years. Yeah. Uh, but there's just... There's like there's some sparks there. You see like players like Bayard in the defense, or you see like Mariota occasionally getting something. And Corey Davis actually had a decent game here, but you just don't expect any of those sparks to become... a a raging fire as we get into the actual business end. Of the I'll, t- I'll tell you what they yeah. are. They're they're the new uh, Bengals. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good uh, analogy. I think yeah, they're just slow, boring. They get the job done. 
they're kind of like yeah, discount Bengals if you're talking about those decent Bengals teams. Yeah. And I expect them to suffer the same fate, let's be honest. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, like I said, I think that's enough Ring of Honor discussion involving Tennessee Titans for now. Neutral, <laughs> neutral zone. Oh, uh, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo hour. Yeah, Jacksonville at San Francisco, 33-44. What a fucking what game. To my veins. Um, <laughs> when is this the Ring of Honor game? I don't know, Fuck. to be honest. Jimmy G. competitive enough, technically. <laughs> Jimmy G Jimmy G legit I think is probably the the, the main tagline to this Uh, we all thought that this was going to be the one where he was going to uh, going to kind of come up against a proper defence and like I, I, I was just very impressed with what it was Jacksonville's defence didn't look good but Jimmy Garoppolo looked excellent I just kept seeing the scoreline and then going Wow, I need to watch more and more of this game. It was uh, it was great. How much money is Jimmy G going to get paid? Apart from all of it. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, lots. Like, we could be looking 25 million kind of range. Like, I don't know, with the cap increase and God knows what will happen with, you know, if Kirk Cousins and so on hit the market, how that might push it up. But San Fran have money to burn. I could see them, yeah, easily getting something that works out 20, 25 million a year. Yeah, uh, no questions asked. This has been one of the yeah. most impressive yeah. displays I've ever seen for a young quarterback over a over a period of uh, games. Like, like, don't forget how much they're paying their fullback right now. I think they can afford a bit of moolah for old Jimmy G over there, and he's having a lot of fun on the sidelines with John Lynch already. So I think their relationship's going to be okay. Carl yeah. uh, <laughs> Uzcheck, you might laugh. Carl Uzcheck was there. This actually is funny. Carl Uzcheck was there. Had the most yards from scrimmage of any of their offensive players uh, against the Jags. So make of that what you will. Interesting. Jags don't know how to defend against a fullback, yeah. eh? God, it might be time to uh, get a fullback. Brett, did you have a fullback? Uh, we do, yeah. Sherman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got Sherman. Uh, but no, we might just stock up the roster with a few of them. Oh, a few fullbacks. Oh, okay. But ja- like, do, we, do we think that this was like Jacksonville taking the foot off the gas, given that they won their 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 division and they I think that while they've they've got a chance there's not much of a chance I think I don't think there's any chance now of them of them being able to overtake and there was a very minimal chance of them overtaking before and was it just them kind of relaxing a little bit or is this just an indication of what can happen when you put this offensive mind with this type of quarterback when you have something like what's happening in San Francisco right now that does necessarily limit how much tape there is how much ability there is to react and they're kind of still like obviously they're still working things out in, in San Francisco I think, you know, I'm not worried about the Jacksonville defense. I think we've seen too much good output from them this year to, like, throw the thing away. I think the bigger issue is the Blake Bortles that we saw in this game is a lot more like classic Blake Bortles yeah. rather than the, you know, MVP, well, not MVP, but, like, good Blake Bortles that we've supposedly seen over the last month or so. So I think for Jacksonville fans, I think there's got that, there's a little bit of that deep ache in the stomach, like, Oh, in the playoffs, is he gonna like throw fifteen picks? Please don't, Blake Bortles. Please don't. And you know, I if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet against Blake Bortles blowing up in spectacular fashion mm. in the wild card brand a week from now. But uh, that's the thing that I'd be worried about as a Jacksonville fan right now. Uh, the same thing we worried about for like was it four years now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, have changed. Huh? To be fair, they weren't worried about it for a while because there was no chance of getting to the playoffs, so it was never a concern. <laughs> I would say one thing uh, to add to that is that I, I, I don't know if Jacksonville were letting their foot off the game. Like, Blake Bortles threw the ball 50 times. This wasn't a team that just sort of gave up on the game. Yeah. They they were being coached to win anyway. The players just, just couldn't come. I think you have to credit San Fran for that. Also, Leonard Fournette does not look right. It again no, did not look right. Injured again. And I yeah. just, I'm just i starting to get worried because there's a piling up. And he plays, like we said before, a very physical style. And I don't know if he's maybe got some... Some stability issues or some... Durability. Yeah, some durability issues. 
But yeah, it's 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 a bit weird. So see, San Fran ecstatic with their five wins currently have the largest uh, winning, sorry, the longest winning record in the NFL at the moment. This is an interesting spot for them to be in. Jacksonville are going to be a bit concerned, but overall, I think they're just. They're probably just focusing in on kind of two weeks' time and who they're going to be playing. And like I said, probably in my head anyway, it's looking like it's going to be the Chargers. So they might be kind of, as we said about a few teams beforehand, looking past these games I rather than the show. I can't wait for another Jacksonville-Los Angeles shit show game. Oh, God, it'll be, it'll be <laughs> phenomenal. Time to go delving down into the fiery depths of the dumpster fire at Seattle at Dallas. Oh, God, 21-12. to You love it when a playoff eliminator is in the dumpster Oh, it's so bad. Who wants it less, lads? Even Fitz, as a Seattle fan, was like, neither of us deserve the playoffs after this. So, Dallas are done. That was a lose-and-you're-out game. This was not a good performance. Uh, it was messy. It was sloppy. It was just overall not uh, not particularly impressive. Zeke didn't... Like, he played well, but he wasn't enough to kind of bring this back. They had poor play out of the, out of the quarterback position. Seattle equally didn't look particularly fantastic. Their offense was incredibly anemic. I believe they had more penalty yards than they had offensive yards at the end of this game. Fitz, I'll come to you first. Like, even if you make the playoffs, you got to be kind of looking like you maybe shouldn't be there. Yeah, like, I think at this point, uh, if we got in... We would be lucky to do so. Uh, like obviously, throughout the season, there's been performances which have made you think, "Oh, okay, they're going to get back on track." You think about that Houston game where they came back in spectacular fashion. You think about the Philadelphia game recently, but then you saw that Rams game; they got absolutely fucking dominated. And in this game, the offense was just completely anemic throughout the entire game. Even in the fourth quarter, where they're traditionally pretty good, they were pretty meh. they were okay, but not great. But maybe that's because the game was in hand at that point. Mm-hmm. I think overall for Seattle, it's just one of those situations that that offense starts slow all season and against the better teams, you just won't be able to do that. And in this game, they were lucky because Dallas couldn't punch it in the red zone. They had plenty of opportunities, Dallas, to win this game, but they gave the game away. And, you know, I think that speaks to the fact that, you know, there, there's all this talk about Zeke Elliott, should he run the ball from the one yard line, etc. Uh, but I think just Dallas. There's obviously a lot of issues in their sideline as well with Des Bryant and whatnot. Uh, so it just happened to be that Seattle are somewhat less dysfunctional than Dallas right now. And that was just enough in this game to get through in a, in a kind of horrible game yeah, uh, for like, both sides. Like, let, let, let's be honest, like Dallas's mishandling of the tail end of this game was probably the biggest story came out of this. Because like we saw that the, the, the final section there was two... They were driving down the field needing two scores... They missed two. They had two incomplete passes, followed by a sack, followed by a sure fuck it. We'll take the field goal now. We'll go for an onside kick, and then miss the fucking field goal. This is something that I think a lot of people are calling for heads to roll in Dallas and some change around there. I believe Jared has come out and said that he's gonna. He wants to stick with the head coach, but. Like, if you're going to stick with the head coach, which I don't necessarily think is the best idea in the world, you're going to have to get get some movement in those coordinators or something because you're going to have to show some movement. Yeah, I, I think so. Like, the Cowboys have been meh for a long time. There's a long-running joke about them either finishing 8-8 eight and eight or averaging out 8-8 eight and eight over uh, their whole time, pretty much, under Jason Garrett. I think Garrett has, what, one playoff win in his entire tenure... Uh, which is, isn't very impressive. I mean, this is a game you, you make Seattle punt seven times on 11 drives and you lose. With your offensive pieces back as well. Yeah, like, it's just... Yeah, something has to change. I, and I, like, if if Jones is backing Garrett, like, that's it. Jerry's word is the word of God in Dallas. 
but yeah. you imagine that there's something backing this up. Maybe he'll cut Zeke Elliott. I hope so. He's a prick. Mm. The thing that's changed is Jerry Jones, but of course well. that's not allowed. But let's be honest, he is the thing that is the problem that season. He's the one who turned the entire Zeke Elliott thing from you know a bad thing to a season-long distraction on all levels of that organization, at all levels of the NFL. Jerry Jones is the one who should be taking the stick, but because he's an old white guy, he gets away with it, and because he owns it as well as well. But, you know, fuck Jerry Jones. It's his own fault. And fuck Zeke Elliott, just, you know, as a, as a sidebar there. He can fuck up with the Cabo now uh, and enjoy his holidays. His second holiday for the season. Yeah. No, it's uh, this is this is a poor game that doesn't fill you with a huge amount of uh, hope for either of these teams. Well, we'll see which one might sneak in or might not sneak into the playoffs. And um, with that, we will move on to some questions from you, the listeners. So the first one comes in from Emmett, and he says, "How will Harrison fuck the Steelers in the playoffs?" I believe Emmett is a uh, is a Steelers fan. Uh, did you see the Did you see the uh, question that Bill Belichick got this week about this? Uh, they said, uh, "Have you hired Harrison for the like? What kind of information can he can he give you for your upcoming uh, for your upcoming game?" And he said, uh, "I don't know what he knows about the uh, about the New York Jets. He played for the Steelers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just just the most Bill Belichick. Like yeah, we're on to Cincinnati. we're on to Cincinnati kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if there's much." Because he hasn't played a huge amount. Now, he's obviously in the room. He knows the schemes and things like that. But I don't think he can give them a huge amount of insight outside of, like like we mentioned earlier, giving them a bit more depth at a position that they don't have anything at at the moment. I think we've seen that Bill Belichick's got a pretty good handle on yeah. the theater schemes already. And I imagine that James Harrison... Like, look, James Harrison, he seems to kind of get... You just sort of point him at the tackle and just let him go. Like, yeah. I don't think he... is. He's rarely involved in more complex plays than that. He's, he's a pass rusher, particularly at this stage of his career. I do want to see him sack Roethlisberger in a critical situation. Yeah, I want to see him sack Roethlisberger all day long. I want to see Debo. I can't believe I'm cheering for James Harrison. Jesus, mm. little fucking steroidal ball well, so, of so, rage. So, so, sorry, no, 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 get it right. Patriots legend. Patriots legend. No, he hasn't played for yes, he's just played one game for a certain <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, like, I mean, and like, um, Villanueva's not been very good this season, so hmm. yeah. we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Nick, oh, sorry, Fitz, I you? think the, the joke going around apparently in the Steelers locker room is that. Uh, Harrison will know will will give them more information about the Pittsburgh offense than Sammy Coates will have given when he left for Cleveland. So. <laughs> 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 so the Steelers aren't taking it too seriously. Apparently, that quote uh, comes from Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> the Steelers they seem relaxed about it. We'll see how relaxed they are if the expected AFC Championship game game actually comes down the line. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, this next one says, uh, how much will the new XFL suck? So news has come out that uh, Vince McMahon is interested in restarting up the XFL. If uh, listeners don't remember it... Good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give, give it a Google. It was an interesting one. It was basically they thought that uh, NFL was not tough enough and wasn't entertaining enough so they got more scantily clad uh, cheerleaders had less player safety it was it was it was a whole hunk of mess and now they're looking at bringing it back in i can i can understand why they think it might fly you know the the president of the united states has said this game is getting too soft and they're all pussies now there's a section of them who are more annoyed about people not standing for the national anthem than the quality or the safety of the players on the field i can see there being a subsection of america that would much prefer this kind of thing uh, it's still going to be god awful though yeah but i think those people are already watching professional wrestling on sundays like yeah and this the... will give them thursday night <laughs> and sunday night <laughs> 
Yeah, like, oh, it's going to be hilarious. I, oh, man, if they bring back those fucking stupid rules, like, how many players can we injure before the game has even started? Do you remember how they, they settled their kickoffs? Yes, it was, uh, they all piled in, it was just like yeah, a just two, it was two guys just hitting yeah. each other as hard as they could to get the ball, and they crippled each other, like, um, yeah, no, the XFL is a dumb, terrible, awful idea born out of people having too much money and not enough sense. And a complete and wanton disregard for the well-being of others, which makes it perfect to be America's new national sport. And to replace the NFL entirely within the next five years as we move into the um, future of the perpetual Trump presidency for life. At which point, Vincent Lamb will also, will also have the uh, XBA and uh, MLX and the XHL, um, mm. where everything will just be replaced with suplexes. Is there, is there a way to augment humans so we could actually just have NFL street? Because <laughs> yeah. that was a fun video game. You see, you're asking, you're asking really two questions there. Is there a safe way to augment you? Well, uh, yes, I suppose in theory I mean, that with, is. But again, with a wanton disregard for their bodily well-being, I'm sure we could replace Anything their. Is possible. Uh, we could replace their feet with roller skates lasers. and rocket yeah. I did actually. I did today because uh, it came up on one of these because we're getting the end of year review of the year things, and I, I hadn't. Uh, I hadn't actually come across it in the year. I don't know if either of you guys had this. Um, this weird article that came out of was it SB Nation during the year the um, the future of football and football in the year. Of, 51426 yeah. 17776 I think so, it was called. Yeah. I was I, I hadn't I hadn't seen that at all during the year. It's a weird read. Yeah, jo- John Boyce takes too many drugs. Yeah. It uh, definitely, it definitely seems it. Uh, it was interesting. I, I thought it was a little people were like, "Oh my god, this is genius." And I was like, "It's I guess kind of interesting, but it's extremely long." Yeah, I got I I think I got uh, to like I think I got to like the part where they were doing their podcast about the worst games that had happened in the like 150,000 years or something and I was just like that's enough for today I need to at least pretend to be doing some work in the office that's enough conceptual art about football Uh, to to answer the original question how much will it suck imagine a vacuum cleaner thrown into a whirlpool thrown into a black hole that is how much the XFL will suck excellent excellent Uh, next up still less than Mia Khalifa this one oh uh, she needs to stop getting into the fucking news chatting to football players so she's actually actually, I think she's retired from porn all she does now is just trick people into sliding into her DMs and then then publicly do that Uh, um, the next one one comes in from Kean and Kean says uh, well I think I, 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 I graciously interpreted this initially as would you like to fight uh, one Aaron Rodgers sized Cleveland Brown or a hundred Cleveland Brown sized Aaron Rodgers yeah, then we realised that was 5300 Aaron Rodgers and the question yeah. didn't make any sense yeah so uh, the question is which would have a greater impact I think this comes uh, off both him being a Green Bay fan and the uh, the suggestion from the news obviously that uh, Rodgers should be put through waivers which would be a bigger impact Cleveland gaining Rodgers and having Rodgers as their quarterback or what we've seen Green Bay losing Rodgers as their quarterback which is the largest net contributor or largest amount of change of skill level that, uh, that, that, that one would provide I think this is this is an interesting question although I think Harry thinks it's not anyway. <laughs> well I, I interpreted it slightly differently okay I had interpreted it as being are the Cleveland Browns with Aaron Rodgers better full stop than Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers Oh, okay. that's how I had read oh, the question. Sorry, I, 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 I read, read it slightly yeah. differently. So you're, you're you're reading of it as much more charitable, I think, than mine. <laughs> because my answer is obviously fucking not. They tied twenty one twenty one after regulation in week thirteen, where Aaron Rodgers wasn't there. Unless you literally think Aaron Rodgers is worth precisely zero points more than Deshaun Kaiser, then obviously Aaron Rodgers 
plus Cleveland is better than Green Bay minus Aaron Rodgers. But uh, your question is, I think, probably more worth discussing. Yeah, like, like what, what do we think? Like, how much, how bad, I suppose, I suppose in theory, this question is to an extent, we, we take it in parts, right? Cleveland plus Aaron Rodgers. How much carrying can Aaron Rodgers do? How are the relative rosters outside of the quarterbacks between because we've seen that the Green Bay roster is nowhere near as good as people thought it was and requires Rodgers to do it the Cleveland roster we would probably look at and say maybe has more talent on it but doesn't have a quarterback like would he be more effective carrying that Cleveland roster do we think than potentially the, the, the level of deficit that we see on the Green Bay roster again this is getting this is getting to being a very charitable interpretation of this question I've written A he should he should it's a better team overall in terms of talent probably at this point and certainly in terms of elevating talent or getting better talent but it's Cleveland so mm. no we're, we're no. going to need to hold down because Harry needs to rehydrate he's just jizzed everywhere yeah, at the I just, prospect I just wrote AR plus JG forever and put a little heart around it <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and Josh Gordon would actually cause maybe maybe a seizure for, oh, uh, my for Harry closer to thinking about it can you imagine that oh my I, I honestly think I, and this is so weird but given how we and I don't know if this is necessarily true in past seasons but this season like Green Bay without Rodgers have been such trash that yeah, like, if I were to say, which team do I want to put Aaron Rodgers on and think we'll do better? Yeah, there's no reason. Cleveland had Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. The only the only thing is, is that as bad as Mike McCarthy, well, as bad as Don Capers is, and as questionable as Mike McCarthy is, would Hugh Jackson find a way to fuck up Aaron Rodgers? And that's not a roster talent question, that's a coaching question. Yeah. I think that's a, a variable that makes it much closer than otherwise. I think on roster talent, I probably would side with Cleveland. Yeah, like, Hugh Jackson got good seasons out of Andy Dalton and Andy Dalton's not a good quarterback yeah but he wasn't that was as a, a, like was that Marv Lewis getting yeah. it out of him do I think it was a combination of factors um, certainly but I, I think we've seen that when he's given total control it hasn't gone well so yeah but I, I, I'd edge towards Cleveland even with that factor yeah fair enough yeah, so in answer to your question, that's stuff we said that's not really an answer to your question. Next up is Eli a bad apple. Yes, it would appear, but mm, who knows? Bad apple. Yeah, he's a, a bad apple bad for the big apple. apple. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Eli Apple, uh, there, there's been, obviously we've mentioned the news story. There's also stuff coming out. I think there's some kind of family fighting, his mum and his dad and stuff like this going on. So we'll see basically whether it translates. I'd like to see how... I, I would like to see if nothing else, even if there is story behind why he's in a shitty mood, I'd like to see him kind of come out and be a bigger man, kind of say, look, he's sorry for acting the dick or something, try and build some bridges here, because I think he's got the he's got the opportunity to do that. The rest of the story coming out gives him that opportunity to say, look, I've handled things poorly or whatever, or I haven't been a great teammate. I think there's ways for him to, to, to mend those bridges. I think how he responds to this will be a deciding factor in whether or not Eli is a bad apple or whether or not it's actually just a bad situation. So we'll see. Let's be honest, it's a, already a pretty shitty fucking barrel of apples mm. there. One's not going to ruin it. And on that lovely note, we will move on to the picks for next week. So first up this week, we have Green Bay at Detroit. We're taking Detroit across the board. Uh, why is that, Harry? Well, we literally just said that Cleveland are better than Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, although Detroit appear to have just given up based on last week yeah they have to an extent and next up Jacksonville at Tennessee we're going Jacksonville across the board Fitz yeah as we kind of said in the game reviews I expect Jacksonville to come out here and smush their division opponent both for you know brownie points going forward but also just to kind of 
wipe the stain of the San Francisco game away and ensure everyone can get nice and hyped for Blake Bortles again yeah. going into the going into the playoffs. Get that get that big mo going in. Also, to to the people who you see online mentioning that Jacksonville might throw this game to play Tennessee, I think they're as happy to play the Chargers team as they are to play a Tennessee team that are buoyed by the fact that they just beat them a week previously. I think uh, I think big mo would say hammer them uh, Buffalo Miami we've gone for Buffalo across the board this was a closer game but we decided we didn't really want to have to defend Miami or Buffalo so Buffalo because they have something to play for Miami like Cutler wants a contract somewhere else maybe he'll put out a good showing but fuck it like who cares this game is useless I feel like Cutler might just go back to the broad might actually to give the broadcasting a go after this season yeah well he's, he's been vocal in saying that he wants to maybe play another year or two uh, so that's why he's going to end up playing for the Mazungus next season uh, since <laughs> yeah Cincinnati at Baltimore we're taking Baltimore across the table uh, Harry Baltimore's defence is good Cincinnati's everything isn't like this is in Baltimore they have consistently been better than Cincinnati this season I'd be very surprised they threw this away particularly with playoffs on the line yeah this is a winning in for them so they have to have it behind them Chicago at Minnesota Minnesota across the board fits yeah I think we saw Minnesota against Green Bay that their defence is pretty good at shutting down mediocre offences Chicago's offense barely qualifies as mediocre, to be honest. So I expect that defense to smother young Trubisky and to quite a disastrous offseason, I imagine. I still don't rate the guy, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota for the win, even though they don't really had that much to play for. No. Uh, Carolina at Atlanta. I've gone for Atlanta, and you guys have gone for Carolina. I think very important game. I can see it going either way. I'm going for the home team in this scenario. Carolina have looked good, but they also needed a couple of lucky things to go their way. Atlanta know that this is a must-win scenario. Ah, It's hard to say. I'm just taking it for the crack. Danny, you guys want to just give an explanation for Carolina, or are we happy with that? Well, I require Carolina to win for the Seattle Yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew that was factoring into your decision, Fitz. Uh, but yeah, Carolina, Carolina have that kind of good vibes going right now and when Carolina's on form they tend to just find ways to win whereas Atlanta even though they have a good chance of making the playoffs here still have that little bit of stick that they've had all season of a kind of Super Bowl hangover TM uh, and you know in the big spot it wouldn't surprise you to see them lose a game or be worried about losing a game even from fairly far out ahead going into the fourth quarter yeah of course not that we've seen that before of course uh. <laughs> Houston at New Indianapolis uh, we've taken Indianapolis across the board again like Houston have actually run out of quarterbacks like t- yeah. Tyler Heineck I don't even know how to pronounce it like what Heineke I believe Jesus yeah, yeah like I mean <laughs> both these teams are bad but Houston the last two weeks have been unfathomably bad yeah they just they, they, they've got nothing to play for they don't care I do like the idea though with that being the thing that like they'll they'll send him in a like a, a play call and he won't hear correctly and he'll be lining up incorrectly and one of the coaches on the sideline are like Heike and the center will just snap it and he'll just, <laughs> just, just <laughs> Experiment, but make the defense play offense and the offense uh, play defense. See what happens. Just, just wildcat it the whole way or yeah. something. Uh, New Orleans what, with Lamar Miller. Uh, yeah, oh, being, 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 being spotted by Alfred Blue. Would <laughs> <coughs> you bother tackling Jadavian Clowney? I wouldn't be. Not <laughs> yeah. yeah, like just get him to line up about fifteen yards behind the line of scrimmage. Just get up ahead of steam and just <laughs> hand it to him. Next up we have New Orleans at Tampa Bay. We're taking New Orleans across the board. Basically, New Orleans are very good, Tampa Bay are not. Uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Cleveland are not getting our votes, unfortunately. Cleveland are going 0-16. Taking Pittsburgh, why is that? Fitz? 
yeah, they still technically have something to play for, and Pittsburgh have never shown any inclination to show mercy on Cleveland, so I doubt that's going to start here, uh, especially, you know, since they, you know, they lost to New England a couple of weeks ago, I'm sure they have more than enough appetite for destroying puny little guys before they get into the actual playoffs. Yeah, we will. The only twist is they might be mean enough to say, oh, we don't, we, we, you're going to have your parade. Yeah, yeah, just pull up. The, although the thing is, yeah. the parade thing is, it's too nice, because what they do is they fundraise for the parade, and then if the guys win a game, they donate it all to charity. Uh, so uh, that's too nice. Thing. Actually, uh, I didn't mention it in the news. I only read about it, so I had to get a confirmation of the report. But uh, I heard a very horrible thing about Pittsburgh Steelers burning, hanging effigies of certain players. And yeah. We will. We will investigate that further and probably chat about it next week because I wanted to get it confirmed before I actually did Are anything. The players else. black. Yeah. And the game, the game's kind of sad because obviously Cleveland started off the year playing Pittsburgh. Oh yeah. First goal. Ben Roethlisberger said afterwards, "Oh, this team will give other people problems throughout the rest of the season." And now we're we're here. Uh, well, so. it, did, it did give other people problems, specifically Cleveland Browns fans. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this year's our year. <laughs> oh no, I've died. Uh, New York Jets at New England. We're taking New England across the board. Harry? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Bryce Petty. Bryce Petty. Bryce Petty. <laughs> Good guy. I might as well call this team Bryce Petty and the Heartbreakers. Hackenberg, will we see a bit of hack? Oh, a bit of the hack attack. Like, you. Like, if you've got Bryce Petty playing as badly as Bryce Petty is playing, how terrible does Hackenberg have to be that you can't get a look in? I've, like, I've seen Christian Hackenberg play. Yeah, we did. Yeah, he. Yeah, <laughs> that was when he was like a prospect. He was yeah. shite like. Uh, so we've got Washington Mazungus at the New York Giants. Uh, we've gone for Washington across the board. Basically, Giants have nothing to play for. They seem to know they want a high draft pick. Washington, while they don't have anything to play for, it looks like we're essentially getting the uh, the 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 like demo tape or the submission to X Factor from uh, from their quarterback saying, "Please hire me." He looked pretty decent last week. I imagine yeah. he'll do the same this week to try and up his value. Dallas. Yeah, Oh, there, there's only one thing of interest. New York have activated Davis Webb and deactivated Geno Smith, so we might see. A oh, might actually see Webb. This young, this young kid in the second half. Uh, yeah, if you remember, Webb is. If you remember, Webb is one of the ones that I was interested in going into the draft last year, kind of thinking he'd go second or third round and be a developmental prospect. So I will be interested to see how he looks. Although I'm not sure throwing him out there with that wide receiving core and that offensive line is necessarily a good move. Uh, Dallas and Philadelphia, we're going Philly across the board, uh, Harry. None of these teams have a huge amount left to play for, really. I think Philly have locked up the number, number one, one yeah. and uh, Dallas have, yeah, had another season of miserable failure, but Philly are just a better team. I think we'll see a lot of backups in this game. I think it'll be really boring, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I just think that Philly have more quality, and even if you look at their depth, it's better than Dallas's. So, no, yeah. it is, yeah. Uh, Oakland at the Chargers. We've gone for the Chargers across the board. Fitz? Oakland have been the most disappointing team all season. I don't expect that to change against the Chargers at home in Alberta Commons. Chargers have everything to play for. I expect Philip Rivers will do it when it matters, and we'll see if that's enough to make it into the playoffs this year. Yeah. Uh, after the Jacksonville Tennessee game, uh, or sorry, when the Jacksonville Tennessee game result comes down to them. Watch for uh, Matt Money Smith to shout out. Knock on wood. Arizona at Seattle. We're taking Seattle across the board. Fairly straightforward. Arizona are garbage. Seattle are also garbage, but slightly less garbage at the moment. They have something to play for. They can get into the playoffs here, potentially. Um, this is, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, a side note as well. Arians has come out and said that he intends to be with the team next year. So uh, it looks like Arizona aren't quite shot of their old man time approach just yet. Uh, San Francisco at the Rams are going for the Rams across the board. Harry? Yeah, I, I want to pick San Fran. I, I know. Really I, I want know. to so badly, but I, I can't. The Rams are a good team. We've seen against the Titans when a team, a bad team, overperforms and plays tough. 
They're capable of grinding out those wins. Uh, I think they'll want to, you know, basically, on their return to the playoffs after a very long time not in them, they'll want to, uh, I think, keep momentum going. So I think, yeah, I think, unfortunately, this will be the one that Jimmy G isn't going to be able to do enough. But, Although. Uh, that is what we said last week. It is. There are there are rumours already from people like Antonio Siciliano that they'll start their backups this week because they actually want to avoid Minnesota in the second I season. heard this. And get, they uh, want the four seed the instead Billy, of the three seed. The Eagles in the first seed because obviously the Eagles are now without their starting quarterback. So every we'll time, every time a team pulls a stunt like this, it backfires. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> like, but McVay, he hasn't made. He's not old enough to have made mistakes yet. Yeah, so that's true. He can make the same mistakes as everyone else does. Would, you, the bad would, would you like an LA Rams stat? Go on. How many receiving yards do you think Tavon Austin has this season? I think I heard something about this. He is... Uh, Take a guess. 246. I, I think the more important statistic... Is, I say 235, but the more important statistic is how many millions of dollars he made for yards. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, Con- Connor has actually, I think Connor, because Connor's got his rushing total exactly correct. Ah. His receiving total is 33. Oh, gosh. And he's been paid, what, 10 million a year? I, I remember seeing there was an article or, yes. or a statement doing the rounds of saying that, like, you've got the, like, the, the, almost certainly the head coach of the year there, like, fantastic offensive mind there, getting a lot of stuff happening, and even he can't figure out how to get this dude to do shit. Yeah. And Taven Austin is the proof. Like, Jeff Fisher was in the media this week talking oh, about yeah. he should get some credit for what's going on right now. Taven Austin is the proof of what you do, Jeff Fisher. Do not even try to take credit for this. This was a <laughs> there's, team that looks shit under you. It now looks great. I think we know what the problem is. Yeah, there was, there no was, way. <laughs> there, was, there, there, was there was an article, I think, two days ago in response to, to, the, to those things going, um, like, was it... Uh, Players attribute the turnaround uh, to to their head coach, not to Fisher. And I was like, in other news, water wet. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that headline and being like, what? <laughs> Why is that a question? But yeah, uh, and finally this week we have uh, Kansas City at Denver in a game that has no implications for anything apart from uh, how erect I can get at the first performance of Pat Mahomes. It'll be an interesting game. Just from that perspective, there's nothing else worth seeing in it. I'm looking forward to seeing Pat Mahomes for a bit. Which, but which loser are Denver playing this week? Is it? Uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, Do they know? No. There's, I don't a, like, there's, there's, there's a couple of deaf players I'm looking forward to seeing. I'll, I'll be, I, I imagine that like we're going to be pulling most of our starters. So, uh, like, Andy has a history of pulling most starters. And now he's announced that the, that the quarterback is... Ah. Changed. It, it, it's Paxton Lynch. Oh, God. Sure Denver are as hyped for Paxton Lynch as you are for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, a thing. just as excited. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be cold weather. They're still a pretty decent defense. It's not going to be the easiest starts for, for, for Pat Mahomes, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be good fun. Outside of that, that's about it. So, uh, any other crack with yourselves, lads? Any plans for the next few days? Yeah, well, I'm having some people over for New Year's. Oh, it'll be good fun. Because uh, sort of really didn't have anything on New Year's. I'm a bit old for the going out and having a massive party. So, you'd have a few people over, have some drinks. Mm. Uh, see how drunk we get. Yeah. Um, some football? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I, the football's at six, right? Six and nine. Uh, Six and nine. Yes. Oh, those later games. Oh, I'll probably miss the late games. I was going to have was, the football be finished by the time I have people over for the most part. But uh, mm. yeah, let me. You can have that in the background to be polite. Uh, yeah, I might. I might not. I don't know. Like, I can always watch some replay. I don't think any of the people I'm having over are particularly big NFL fans. Yeah. So I might just, yeah, obviously stick on Red Zone or something. Let me see what the games are. What are the late games? The only thing uh, of really interesting yeah, late games good. will be the, 
Seattle versus Atlanta proxy games, basically. Yeah. But no, it should be good. What about yourself, Fitz? Any crack? You're heading back down to Cork, are you? Yeah, I'll be heading out to Cork soon enough. Uh, don't have any plans for New Year's right now, but I'll, sure, I'll figure something out. Or I'll just watch football. It's all bad. It's yeah. all good with me. Nah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm off to off to carry for it, so chilling out, probably... The internet down the gap is fucking dire, so I don't know if I'll be able to see much of it. But I will definitely be trying to catch any bits of grainy 240p uh, renditions of this Kansas City Chiefs game <laughs> that I can get my hands on. But yeah, no, apart from that, should be good. Now, uh, I think, although, because I'll be travelling, I may, I may be absent for the next one. I'll have to I'll have to send over some notes so you can t- I can tell you just exactly what I thought of the game. We'll make fun of you. Yeah, perfect. That's, uh, that's what I always listen back for. So I suppose, uh, that's, uh, as always, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Pornhub etc all that kind of stuff get us on Bitcoin I hear that's a thing now we've started our own cryptocurrency yeah it's, it's called Connor Coin yeah and it's just it's just sound bites of me saying shit that doesn't make sense it's actually though the thing is we actually have a backing for our currency you actually buy when you buy it it's securitized by a part of Connor Kelly's living body excellent excellent probably should have told you this earlier yeah it's good oh god every time Connor goes for a pint the value drops yeah it's great but yeah so I suppose uh, that'll do us for this week so it's bye from myself bye from Harry bye bye from Ronan bye this has been all four quarters thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you next week on the way to the playoffs and of course the most important part Pro Bowl